0: This is a slaying moment. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of slaying for me. I hope all is well and you guys are doing amazing. So Last week, I missed the episode. So I guys, I hope you guys got the opportunity to check out my, the latest episode, episode 23. Um, we missed the week because I just wasn't in a mental space to be talking. I had a lot of stuff going on mentally. And when I come to this table to speak with you guys, I always want to make sure that I'm centered and I'm in a right space, energy when I'm coming to um, motivate you guys. And I just didn't have that in me. And I feel like sometimes we need to re re, you know, check ourselves or recenter ourselves sometimes. And sometimes I need that. And sometimes I find myself pushing through that. And I was just like, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to force myself to do anything. So last week I took the week off. So I just wanted um to give you guys like an update on a reason why, but I want to send a special thanks to, um, my tribe. I always want to say thank you to the people that are around me that always sow seeds in me when I'm in that moment. Because, you know, as a person who is a person, I will label myself as a person that's very motivative to other people. Sometimes it's hard for me to receive that. You know, we dish out the, the advice and sometimes it's hard for us to take it. So. Like I said, my, um, mental space wasn't in the most best space. And, uh, I had some internal negative voices, you know, consuming my mind. And, um, I took the time to express that on Facebook. So. Last week, I was like, sometimes when I'm going through stuff and God, you know, reveals things to me and the things that I'm going through, I like to share my experiences with other people because you just never know your story can affect someone else. And I always believe that I was taught that as a young girl that, you know, don't be um, hesitant to show your vulnerability because you just never know who needs your story, who's, how your story can impact someone else and bring someone out of their um, own um, situation or something similar, knowing that they're going through something similar to someone else. So I expressed like I put like a post on um, Facebook talking about my, my internal negative voices and how they affect me and how I'm working to overcome them and um, my process. And it was too, inspire other people and to like release myself and release what I had inside of me, but also to like share my experience. And after the post, I received so many texts from close families and friends, and they were speaking, encouraging words over me. And, um, I mentioned all the time that sometimes as a motivator, I am, I am one of those people that don't take it. So I just want to thank my tribe and everybody that reached out to me and even those people that are not so close to me that um commented um encouraging words under the post to keep going. It really meant a lot. And I'm so thankful that, um, you know, people we still have people that you, you know, they're they might not talk to you every day. They might not call you every day, but they're concerned about your well-being and they want to see you win. So. I just want to thank my tribe for um that and uh I'm forever grateful. So last week and me and my husband um visited our home church FCVC FCBC which is um First Corinthians Baptist Church in New York City. Um head pastor is Michael A. Walwin. So we had the opportunity to visit the church last week and my pastor spoke about um how people are speakers believers and not doers and he um did a sermon from luke chapter 10 she, he talked about the the good samaritan and um how they are helpful people and they're all about helping people they believe in helping people that's in line with what they believe in they speak words of believers who believe in the same things that they do and um they want to help those people that align with the lifestyle that they live but they were not doers of the word and my it's so funny because my mom used to say that all the time she used to be like you know there are some people in a church that are speakers they can speak a good scripture they can say a good prayer that is, you know, a good prayer. They can say, Oh, I believe, I believe, I believe in God. But then when it comes down to getting to the nitty gritty, um, and getting their hands dirty and being hands on with the, the speaking of the word and going out and, and ministering to people and serving people, they don't want to, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do that. So as I was listening to um my pastor preach the sermon, the first question that came to my mind was, How often do we check ourselves? How often do you check yourself? Or how often do you correct your wrongdoing? You know, sometimes I believe that there are people in the world that Um, believe that they can do nothing wrong we all have we all kind of feel like that we all fall into that category sometimes some of us just think like um you know i can do no wrong or people in our life can do no wrong like some you know uh parents when it comes to their children oh my baby would never do that Mm -mm. my child would never do that my sister would never do that or my mom would never never say that you know we put that in like people can never do wrong but i believe that Checking yourself takes a whole level of maturity. Most of us don't, don't really want to often tap into. We all have that internal voice telling us, you know, what to do, what not to do, but, you know, to say, Hey, you know, I was wrong or I need to correct this. That's, that's like a level of maturity in admitting something that you just be like, eh, I don't want people to know that I'm bad at that thing. You know, I don't want people to know that I'm not a great listener. I'm talking about myself. I don't want people to know that, you know, I um am am not very kind all the time. Like I want people to look at me in a positive light. We don't understand the balance that we have. It's good and bad inside of us that we have to fight. And, you know, especially with when we're believers and we we believe in the carpenter, there are good and bad in world. It, it's a balance. We have some good things about us. And we have some not so good things about us. And not a lot of us wanna like when we get into that not so good space in our life when we get to doing stuff we ain't supposed to be doing we don't want to be like uh you know what I was wrong no we always right <laughs> because we only seeing from our perspective and we're not thinking about how that affects other people so um i talk about that internal god voice telling you what to do and what not to do so when i was i think i was like I experienced the internal God voice when I was like 15 years old. So my cousin had this close friend at the time that lived in a not so well kept situation. Right. So one Saturday we had planned to go to this event and my cousin's friend was going with us and he was always so sweet to me. Like he was sweet and he always showed me a lot of love. So since he was coming to the event with us, he had to go pick up clothes from his house. So we earlier today, I think we had like went out. We went to go pick up some stuff, and then we stopped to got get something to eat from the restaurant. So at the time the restaurant that we would go to was Applebee's because Applebee's used to have two for 20. So you can like get something and your friend can get something or Y'all can do like a bunch of different stuff and eat off a bunch of stuff. So it was always pretty feasible as a teenager for us because it was just like, man, we can just eat a bunch of stuff for like $20 or like $40 or whatever. And uh so after we left the restaurant, we stopped by, my my cousin's friend's house so he can get his clothes so when we pulled up the house it was just it wasn't in shambles but it was like a bunch of it was like people everywhere dirt. it was like all type of the house the dough was dirty the steps was broke it was like a broken window that they had like a uh, a board up, and when we pulled up, it shocked me. So I was like, Oh my God, you live here? Like, <laughs> this is where you live, like, for real. And I said it in a way of judgment. I was ve- definitely judging his situation, but. I just was so shocked that this is where he lived. And it was just like, this is where you live it. Like I wouldn't have never expected based off of how he talks up, how he spoke about where he lives. I just never thought that that was his house. Like, and um so when I said that his, com- his face completely dropped, like he just got out the car slowly and went into the house and my cousin, was just for a loss of words. He was just like, he looked at me like, what the hell? Like, why would you? And me, I'm just like looking. He looked at me like, what the hell? But I, you know, I wasn't reading the signs, honestly. <laughs> I'll be honest. So he got out the car. He was like, I'll be back. You know, he got out the car, went into the house and, you know, his with his friend. And I'm sitting in the car. I'm seeing the signs, but I'm not reading the signs. So sometimes we can see that it what we say or how we are wrongdoing and the things that we do can affect someone. We can see the signs, but we're not reading the signs. We're like, Oh, okay. Well, I said what I said, and I don't know why they acting like that, but you're not reading the signs that you just shifted something. So my cousin and his friend got back in the car and it was quiet. Like they, it was a quiet ride all the way back to my house. Like they ain't have nothing to say to me. Like they had threw me away (laughs) basically. And, Rightfully so, because I was very much like I judged that situation completely. And so they dropped me off. So I walked in the house and I opened up my door. And as soon as I walked in the house, my eternal voice, God voice said to me clearly, God said to me clearly call and apologize. At first, I was looking around because it, it, the voice was so clear. You would have thought that he was in the room with me, which he was, but it was so clear to me. It was like he was in my face talking to me, like somebody was in the room with me. I was shocked, but I was also like really excited. That was like, Oh my God, I heard God like speak to me clearly. Like God was really speaking to me. Right. And, um, I was shocked because. I was just like, oh, my God, like the stories you hear about people in church saying, oh, God spoke to me. At first, when I was growing up, I'd, they'd be like, God spoke to me in a clear voice. I was like, she lying. <laughs> I used to be in church like, oh, she lying. People just be saying it. But, you know, because I was young, but. It was real god spoke to me he correct it was a correction but he definitely spoke to me and i heard him so after that i picked up the, my cell phone called my cousin and told him to put his friend on the phone and i apologized and for my statement i told him that i was wrong for what i did and he accepted my apology but i had already did the damage like he was just like you know I accept your apology, but you know, our relationship was never the same. He never really wanted to talk to me after that. He kind of kept his distance from me or, you know, he didn't really want to be around me that often, which I understood. I mean, checking yourself isn't just about the people around you. I feel like I feel that God wanted me to learn to see the world beyond my, my own world, because Unlike my my cousin's friend who lived in a house that didn't have many resources. I lived in a house that had plenty of resources and I look at his I looked at his lack of with the judgment and instead of with love, which was something that he always displayed to me. And it was, you know. That was unfair. And, you know, I always talk about that story because, you know, God will correct you in a situation when you need that push, you need to learn at that moment in that time, in that space. You know, some people ignore those voices, but at the time, I'm so glad my 15 year old self understood the assignment. As they say, I understood the assignment because I could have, I could have said that to somebody uh, to a different person who didn't really know me and they would have like, they could have beat me up. They could have, they could have, uh, you know, uh, got offended and attacked me or said something back to me. And that would have hurt my feelings or they would have just, you know, anything, it could have went south with that. But in that particular situation, God was like, this is a learning curve for you. The young man, great young man. He's went off to be very successful and have a lot of things going on for himself. And that, Just goes to show that, you know, just because your current situation does not dictate your future and 15 year old Alexis didn't understand the power of my words and my actions and the world. And for those around me, I could have he could have kept that if I never apologized, he could have held on to that. It's like this is my situation. This is where I'm going to be. This is my life. This is how people going to see me. But, you know, God didn't want it to be that way. He wanted me to correct that so I can change that narrative and not have that effect. Because we do, when we do not correct ourselves and we do something to someone and we know we're doing wrongdoing, you just never know the effect that you have on people. That's like stories, multiple stories of, of um young people talking about how their teachers used to tell them, you ain't going to be nothing. You ain't going to be nothing. Just imagine how many people would have taken, how many young people took that to heart and was like, I'm not going to be anything. I'm not going to, I'm not going to accomplish anything instead of that teacher correcting her, his or her wrongdoing and just saying, you know, you're a challenging, we have challenging people in our lives. You're a challenging person for me. And I just need to find a different way to interact with you, you know? Um, so When you know better, you do better. But knowing better, (laughs) as I say that, knowing better is easier than doing better. Sometimes doing better can be hard for those of us that feel comfortable just knowing better is an option, right? That's a word. Sometimes doing better can be hard for those of us that feel comfortable just knowing better is an option. So, you know how some people I, I this is one of my biggest pet peeves with people in communities. When you go in neighborhoods, specifically, I, I noticed this in um, minority neighborhoods where people be like, um they ain't even going to fix the light. They ain't going to do this. They ain't going to do that in the neighborhood. They ain't going to fix the sidewalk. They ain't going to do that. They always saying, well, they need if it was me, I would do this and I would do that. When it's time for you to go and be a part of the community meeting, go to the the ward meetings, go to the Ottoman meetings to talk about all of this stuff, ain't nobody going. But if it was you, this is what you would do. It always bothered me because to get better, sometimes it takes you getting out of your comfort zone to get better, to to allow for better to happen and some people it's like uh i got we i know i got the option but i don't feel like doing all of that i don't want to get out of my comfort zone there are also some people that say that to others do better when it's time but when it's time to do better do the work to get to better like i said they don't want to participate they don't want to participate in the fact that Hey, I actually have to do some work. I actually have to clean my community. I always, the, the thing that baffled me about living in New York, people would talk about how dirty it is, but you see so many people throw stuff on the sidewalk, throw stuff on the street. And they be like, ooh, it's so dirty. But you don't even, it's trash. You don't walk past 17 trash cans and you're going drop this big ass Dunkin' Donuts bag in the middle of the street. Like, and you know, it's so filthy. I'm not gonna touch nothing, but you don't, You're not taking care of your community. I always it was always baffling to me that people be like, it's so dirty, it's so dirty, but them be the same people that be littering, be pouring stuff out in the middle of the street, be throwing a cigarette butts and all of that type of stuff. It just always baffled me that people wanna see better, but they don't want to participate in doing what it takes to make the better happen, you know? Um, it's as I experience life more i realize that people um that we live in in a world don't want to correct themselves or check themselves because everybody's right everybody's right everybody is right everybody has the right narrative how you're supposed to do everything on social media everybody has the right narrative for how you're supposed to wear your clothes what you're supposed to buy what you're supposed to eat everybody is right Everybody's right. Everybody has the right formula. Everybody knows what they do is right. Even me, I have that kind of like, Oh, when I, what I do is brilliant. I'm right. You know, everybody has that I'm right (laughs) mindset. And it's so hard when you, it's, it's terrible when you think about it because how many, we got so many right people and not enough wrong folks. And majority of the people that are saying that they're right are majority of the people that are wrong. Right? Because these are people that don't only listen to themselves. They only listen to their own voices. They, they only listen to people that agree with them. They are in line with them. They're, they're, um, that are going to feed to their ego instead of the people that are going to challenge their thought process. Sometimes checking yourself is challenging. It's going into a space and a place that will make your spirit and make your body uncomfortable. It have you shifting in your seat. I feel like checking yourself is getting you completely out of your comfort zone, you know, just fall out there. You out in the middle of the street with no shoes on. You got to find your way back in the midst of the glass. It's like kind of like that situation. That was a little drastic. But, you know, sometimes checking yourself is it takes some cuts, some bruises. You're going to get pushed down, all of that type of stuff, because you're scraping away the things in which are hindering you from being your, the best version of yourself. It's so funny because my husband is one person that makes me check myself every day. And I made, it's, it's so funny because I had a um a situation at work on one of my coworkers, excuse me. And I was like, you know, she doesn't check herself often. She's a person that doesn't check herself often. So sometimes her, her, she allows for things to get to her and she starts spazzing out at work to me, highly unprofessional. You know, I understand because, you know, we go through things and everybody says, express your emotions, but it's this time it's still, I'm going to say this clear, plain and as simple as I can, I can, it, there are still Time and place moments for situations we cannot there is a time and a place for things. Yes, we can be vulnerable. Yes, we can express ourselves. Yes, you can do um, you can speak your mind, but there is a time and and a place for certain things it just is that is what life is about you not about to be out in the mud you know uh dealing with you know cow maneuver like the people that um shovel cow manure they're not gonna be out there eating a burger with their hands i mean they can but that's not sanitary whatsoever you're consuming feces if you do that like so there is a time and a place for everything that's drastic but there is there is a time and a place for everything and she's the type of person that i don't know if she understands it i'm not gonna say she don't get it but i don't think she um to me she doesn't symbolize that she does get it when we're in a workspace she she don't understand that there is a time to cut somebody out and there's a place that you shouldn't have do that. So she has a tendency when she gets upset at work, she, she goes, she goes into like a, a tangent. I'm not going to call it a tantrum. I'm going to call it a tangent. She gets upset and then she voices her opinion and is loud and it's very, it consists of cuss words and it might be, Oh, I'm gonna tell blah, 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 blah. And it's all of this high aggression, high hostility attitude. I don't want to deal with nobody. I'm done. My work is done. I'm finished. Um, my mood has changed. And we had a disagreement at, in the office because I was informing her about something and she just was annoyed about me informing her of this thing. I guess she was in one of her moments at the time. And I expressed to her, you know, you don't have to come aggressively to me. I was like the correction that I was trying to, the, the thing that she wasn't doing was correcting herself, her energy. She, everything that she was experiencing within herself at the time or what she was dealing with, she was targeting it towards me and me being me, knowing that about her and knowing that I'm not going to accept, I feel like you can correct people and not doing it in a disrespectful way. My response to her hostility and aggression towards me was relax, calm down. You're allowing for your emotions to overtake you and cause a conflict that doesn't have to be a conflict. So in that particular situation, you know, she walked away and, um, she went on about her business and I went to go sit down from work and I was thinking to myself and, you know, her husband works at the job with us and she goes to in him a lot. And I said, you know, correction is something that I love about my husband because he will point out Hey, you was wrong or you did this or you should have did this better. And then I go and I reflect and say, dang, you know, his perspective, the way he just explained it to me makes sense. I do need to change that. I could have said that better. Sometimes I feel like even the people around us are so afraid to help, to help us correct ourselves because they don't want to cause confusion. They don't want us to be overly emotional. Like I'm a very emotional person. I, I cry a lot. Like I'm really one of those people that's like, well, why did you think that about me? But I need correcting. Even through my tears, I need correcting. Even when I feel like, oh, I'm doing the best that I can do and I I thought I was giving a lot, sometimes I need to be corrected. And I got to put on my, I ain't gonna say my big girl panties, I'm gonna put the emotional card to the back of the deck and say, okay, girl, they're just telling you this because they love you and they wanna see you morph into the best version of yourself they're seeing beyond who you are right now they're seeing what you are going to be if you get over this and you correct this part of yourself and i I would you know as i looked at that situation and it has happened multiple times i'm thinking to myself nobody is correcting her and because they're not correcting her her supervisor is not correcting her she is her, the power in which she possess is, is gonna, you know, that's gonna hurt her. It's gonna harm her. If you think about it in context, when you, when you do something wrong, like when your mom told you not to put your hand on the stove, you put your hand on the stove, you got burned. You ain't listening. You weren't listening. You weren't listening. You weren't, you were seeing the, you were, you were seeing, you were seeing the signs, but you weren't reading the signs, right? Of what it, what the effects could be. And sometimes when people around you don't correct you or they just let you spiral into a downward spiral, they not even, they, they not even seeing the power in which you possess, right? So, you know, don't be afraid to correct the people in your life that you know are in a space where they can cause harm to themselves and other people or they can be detrimental to their own future because they won't correct said thing i feel like when it comes to stuff like that we need to be mindful of the people around us you know my sister i love her with all of my heart sometimes she very disorganized child she is very disorganized and i was like you are not going to reach your highest height in your business. If you do not have a form of organization, it doesn't have to be like my organization, but it got to be a form of organization, a like organized chaos piece of paper and on, on a paper clip, you know, bullet points somewhere on your bullet point board. It got to be some, some organization has to take space. It has to take place. Okay. In order for your business to function. Um, and so, you know, we have to be comfortable with doing better for ourselves we have to be comfortable with doing better to um you know knowing better and doing better right doing better when it comes to things that we we want to accomplish and correcting ourselves. We always want to be your best versions of ourselves and being the best version of yourself is correction. You got to be you got to check yourself. You got to know where you, you got to know what you working on and what you need to work on and the things that people bring to the forefront for you to work on. Observing that about yourself and seeing that part and saying, "Dang, you know, I could adjust." Sometimes it don't even take a uh, correction, it take adjustment, okay? So, um I feel like there have been some topics that have happened on social media and, uh, that I have been noticing. And I, sometimes I feel like we need to do a culture check sometimes. We need to do a culture self check sometimes. So, um, there's been a couple of videos coming around, but one particular, and it was fake, but it has been real situations of um this woman putting her fake baby daddy on blast. So, because he bought food for one kid and not the other kid, and um, it turned out to be a fake video, but. In reality, these videos videos after that were real videos. These were real people. This is a real situation that happens within some of our communities and spe- you know, because I'm a black woman, I'm only going to speak from black perspectives, but I know that it happens in other cultures as well. And I feel like the that topic, that issue is a self-check issue for our culture in general. Like I, um, you know, I've seen and I know you guys have probably seen her or experienced a woman and a man like that in those videos. We all have seen, even if that was your first experience, the fake video was your first experience. You know, somebody that has prevented their kid, their, their spouse or their ex from seeing their child because of, you know, their own insecurities or the girlfriend is around and I don't want my baby around the girlfriend, you know, all different types of situation And I believe that this is a culture issue. It has been a reoccurring cycle within the black community and communities, um, minority communities and in the world for for decades. You see this story so often played out. It's like it's like the baby boy effect. It's like the baby boy effect. You so many people um, related to Javette and um, what's the guy name, Yvette and who Junior? Jody, I don't I'm messing up all the names. Thanks, Yvette and Jody. And we've seen uh, so many people was like, "Oh my god, that I know that story." That's a story that happens so often in our culture, and I feel like it needs correcting. It needs self-checking. That can't be something that is normalized all the time. And it's so funny because me and my husband are listening to Kendrick's album. He has a similar situation on his album about how. Disrespecting, you know, men and women disrespect one another when they are in relationships, and men calling women bitches, and the guy, the women, you know, speaking to the man and degrading him. It's all that, you know, all of that plays a part. But this particular video was interesting to me because I personally think that situations like this is a che- a, a a check yourself issue for both parties nobody is unscathed goes unscathed in those situations because when we hear of single mothers talk about how they want their children's fathers to be present and to provide and when the father tries to provide and be present for their own child the mother the mothers won't allow it because it's not the way in which they wanted them to provide and be present. Think about it in context like that. Like how many situations have we seen? Like, Oh, you just gonna bring a little lousy $60 and you know, we got food and you know, he needs shoes and he need another pair of shoes. And it's like, okay, but he's providing. It might not be in a way in which you want him to provide, but it's something that he provides. And then being present, showing up, he came with the stuff, he came to pick up the baby, he came all of that. And then we hear some fathers speak about, about just wanting to provide for their child and be present for their child, but doesn't take the time in consideration of the mother when it when it's time to come and pick up the child, sometimes they come late. Sometimes they don't call at all and say, Hey, I'm coming to pick up the baby. They just show up, you know, not knowing what the mother is doing and communicating, um, and providing things for the child without speaking with the mother first. Sometimes, you know, um, I know I have ex- seen this experience, uh, a couple of times with my own relatives. Like they go out and they buy, They buy the kids some shoes, some such and such, not knowing that the baby don't need no more shoes. The baby needs some clothes instead of just communicating with the mother. Hey, what does he need? What does she need? What do they need right now? They just go out and be like, oh, I'm just going to buy them what I think they need. And that's it. Not saying that that's not a great thing, but sometimes communicating with the other half, the other parent is also beneficial. But, you know, sometimes that doesn't take place any either. So when I saw the video, it, it really breaks my heart a lot of the times for the children because at the end of the day, it's a, the child is affected. The child is affected. The parties aren't thinking about, they're, they're thinking about themselves and not the child. They say that, Hey, I'm just looking out for my baby and I'm just making sure that my baby is taken care of and I'm watching out for my kid. But really in reality, you are watching out for yourself because, you know, You're not looking out for the best interests of the child because you guys are in your emotions, your personal emotions, instead of checking yourself and saying we are co-parenting whatever happened, whatever actions that we take. It's all because of the child. And I feel like we forget about that, especially within our community, because we highlight he ain't this, he ain't that he ain't blah, 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 but you knew all of that, or you didn't know all of that before you got into the situation. So now you're in this situation. How are you going to make it work for the best interest of the child? Because at the end of the day, that's what we all supposed to be focused on. That's what you guys are supposed to be fo- focused on. And you know, when your emotions get into things, when you allow for your emotions to get into things it makes things worse. It does. And sometimes when we think of just going back to the, the um example that I gave about my my coworker, she allowed for her emotions to make the situation worse where it could have just been like let me take my emotions out of this. Let me check myself emotionally real quick so I can get the information that I need and I can move forward. Even if I think it's not beneficial to me, even if I think it it has no value to what I'm going to do at work, I'm just going to listen because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my emotions out of it. Or I'm just going to be like I don't think that's beneficial for me at this time. Sometimes people don't want a uh a uh, voice When it's not beneficial, I don't think that's beneficial for me right now. Thank you so much for, you know, giving me that information, but I don't, you know, I don't need it type of thing. You know, checking yourself enough, checking your emotions sometimes is the biggest thing when you're in situations. And I feel like a lot of situations similar to the video and similar situations that we have seen like this, when people get their emotions involved, instead of checking their emotions and looking at the bigger picture and saying the bigger picture, it's the child that's our main focus that's what we focus on yeah i know we don't like one another we had our discrepancies all of that type of stuff but taking your emotions that's why i say that both parties aren't going scave because everybody plays a part every action has a reaction right and everybody plays a part in this particular situation and i remember it's so funny because i remember um one of my cousins, he had, um, he has a son with this, with, with his, the mother of his child. And, um, they were supposed to go somewhere and he had to work late. And the kids were like waiting. She was waiting around because she had stuff she had to do. And she was so upset that he never, he never called. He never said anything. <laughs> he just, he just, uh, showed up like hours late. And she was like really upset. And he was like, well, why are you upset? I'm here, blah, 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 blah. And I remember saying to him, I was like, but you didn't communicate. You didn't communicate. And he was like, well, I don't think I have to call. And I was like, that's a self-check right there. You didn't think you had to call. You were only concerned about yourself, not concerned about the fact that she had stuff to do and y'all had made this plan together and you didn't communicate what was happening. So sometimes... We have to check ourselves. We have to really check ourselves. Like really, if you get into a situation, like I know sometimes when, I'm on my love or when Rebecca come and Rebecca is my period. That's what I call her. When my time of the month come, sometimes I'm very nasty to my husband. It's because I'm just irritable about my body going through its natural things. Sometimes I just be like, I don't got time. I don't want to deal with that. I'm tired. I'm just frustrated. Every woman knows that. And I remember this pastor saying, Saying, uh, you know, that's a demon. That's an evil spirit. And I believe it. I really believe that. I'm not even gonna hold you because sometimes I've gone to a great lengths and I've been in an attitude, and I don't even know why my tooth is a at the two. <laughs> and you know, for now I've gotten a little better, I would think. Um, but before I would be so nasty and so mean and all of this type of stuff, and my husband was like, You really don't like me for real. I love him and I love being around him. I do like him, but I guess that's just the nasty part of myself. That's my balance. When I come up, up here, I'm just mean, child. And, uh, and I'm only mean to him. Sometimes I'm snippy to the people around me, but I'm only naturally mean to him because I'm around him all day long. But and I'm irritable and I'm in the house and I'm, you know, I'm going through all this stuff. But I had to check myself. I said, you know, when I come on Rebecca, I know she's coming because I, I can feel my emotions changing. I could feel myself changing and um, my reactions to things change and I'd be like really snippy or I'd be overly emotional or whatever. I have to mentally tell myself, girl, relax relax it's not that deep like what he said is not like the other day I was like why did you say that like that he was like I just said what I said and I was like he's just saying what he's saying why are you triggered like so sometimes you got to check your you got to check yourself most emotionally you got to check what you say how you speak to people because sometimes your tone is one of those things that cause a cause and effect situation sometimes you got to check how you think about other people, the judgment situation that I had when I was fifteen. I, look, I ain't stopped judging people at at that time. You know, I still got a little bit of judgment in my spirit. I don't got no right to be judging nobody, and nobody else does. But I'm just gonna be honest. Sometimes I am. I can be very hyper. I'm not gonna say judging. I'm gonna say hypocritical. <laughs> Hypocritical person, and I have to check myself about that too. I have to definitely check myself about that because I'm very meticulous about different things, and sometimes I can just be like, uh, oh, this is the the way you're doing it is not cute." You know, the like right, right. The like I said, we all want to be right. We all right. Like, girl, what you doing is not. That's not cute. That's how you doing it. That's not right. But really, in reality, that ain't got nothing to do with me, and I got to check myself. What's right to me and what's right to them is different, you know, and how they live their life. It might be what I do might be right for me. How I do things, how I stack the dishes in the dishwasher might be right for me, but to somebody else, it might be wrong, you know. So everybody's lifestyles are different, but checking yourself and observing, doing an internal check and saying, hey. I can change this about myself. I can correct this about myself. You know, the example that I used about the um the mom and dad in the video. All of that is emotional. Sometimes it's an emotional check and sometimes it's a cultural check. When you see somebody that needs correcting, don't be afraid or hesitant to correct people in a way that is going to be um safe and find a place it's a time and a place for everything i'm not saying go out here girl you know what that outfit that you got on you ain't even wearing that right don't do people like that don't 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 call people out like that it is a time and a place for everything when you're correcting people find a safe space to do so sit them down have a conversation with them don't say girl the way that you was doing that was completely wrong It was all the way wrong. Ask questions. Why did you decide to do that? Say that like that. Or why did you put that in that? You know, why did you change that around like that? You know, or I noticed that, you know, when we were out the other day, you, um, you really, um, just be looking down on homeless folks. And the guy asked you for a dollar and you was just like, I ain't giving you nothing. Why was, you, you know, why, why did you say that? What was your purpose? So sometimes asking questions because sometimes people don't even know that they doing said thing. That That's the reason why they can't correct themselves. Like they can't even check themselves. They can't even correct their own wrongdoing because they don't even know they're doing it. They just out here on in life, you know, <laughs> so, you know, we all have room for correction. We all have wrong uh, reversing our wrongdoing. We all have room for change at the end of the day. We all have the room to change, but. Like my pastor said, you don't be a, just a speaker of change. Don't be, just believe in change. Be a doer. The work has to happen. You can believe all day long. I could speak. Oh, girl, I'm a. You know, I'm gonna start listening. I'm gonna start listening. You know, I believe I can be. I can believe I can be a good listener. I start believing in it, and then I don't work at being a great listener. You know. You got to be a doer. Faith, without work is dead. That's what the scripture says. It it definitely does it. You can have all the faith in the world and do not do anything to put the faith in action. So correcting yourself and correcting your wrongdoing and checking yourself for wrongdoing. It's all about the work. And, you know, I encourage us all to, you know, check ourselves a little bit, correct ourselves a little bit. Go ahead and change yourself. In the, in the time in which you need to and um, be the best versions of ourselves. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to slaying for me. It was so exciting. I was glad to have this conversation with you guys because I feel like we all um, are in the space of correcting and the world need to be corrected. So let's be all the way true about it. Don't forget to um, listen to us and follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. Don't forget to listen to us on RayTorksnetwork.com where you can listen to all of our episodes. Don't forget to follow me at on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at AlanaFuss A-L-O-N-A-F-U-S-S um, and check out everything that I'm doing because some amazing things are happening. And don't forget that slang for you is the best lifestyle to live. Have a good day. Bye.